today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. that when we look at the Bible, we can look at the Bible in such a sense that says, you know what, if I can understand it, if I can make sense out of it in a literal way, even though I might not know how in the world God can do that, but I can make it, I can understand it in a literal way, I need to take it literally. That that makes me, you know, uh, a fundamentalist. That makes me a... Uh, conservative, that makes me uh, a, a, a literalist, but I don't think it makes me wacky. Many people read the Bible and think it's not a book we're supposed to take literally. This idea is easy to see in many of the seeker-friendly type of churches out there today. There are many that won't speak of hell or anything that would make their members uncomfortable. Pastor David wants to be sure not to do us a disservice, though. He wants to teach us the whole truth. If that means making us uncomfortable because we have to face our sin, then so be it. This way, we're prepared with the whole truth. Well, let's join Pastor David in the book of Revelation chapter 1 with today's edition of The Open Word. spend eternity in heaven no the new earth the new earth it's a trick question by the way that Jehovah's Witnesses might talk to you because they'll ask you where where are you going to spend eternity well I'm going to spend eternity in heaven and they'll open your Bible and take you to the book of Revelation say well that's not what your Bible says your Bible says that there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, that on it is going to dwell righteousness, the new Jerusalem coming from heaven, coming down on earth, new heaven and new earth. Read it yourself. We'll look at it more when we get into Revelation. So real quick, too, what about that thousand-year reign? Uh Somebody says that there's a thousand views of the thousand-year reign, okay? What, what's going to happen during that time? What do we do? What are we going to do during that thousand-year reign of Christ? And again, there's all kinds of differing views. Understand, please, understand, these are not salvation issues, okay? So if you're here tonight and you say, you know, Pastor, I really don't believe in the rapture. I believe it's just going to be the second coming. Everything's going to take place. Well, that's okay. That, you're, you're still my brother and my sister. And when the rapture happens, you'll know exactly how it works, okay? There'll be no question in your mind. So I have no problem with that. So some look at this whole idea of the thousand years, and they have some differences. Um, turn with me, if you would. There, in, in, You ought to be probably in Revelation chapter 20. And he reads, and then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit, 
and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. Now, let me stop right there. Put your finger at the beginning of verse 3. Is the devil real? Or is he just an essence? Is he just an attitude, a presence, a frame of mind? He's real. He's a real entity. You might call him a real person, though he is not flesh and blood. He is a fallen angel. Again, we're not going to get into that study here tonight, but it's a very interesting study for you to get in on your own. Understand, he is not omnipotent. He is not all-powerful. He's not omniscient. He does not know all things. He is very limited. He is not eternal as God in Christ is eternal. Okay. He was a created being. Okay. Neither is it the idea. And the unfortunate thing is it's, it's, it's worked really well for George Lucas. Okay. But there is not a dark side and a light side that is fighting against <laughs> each other. Okay. Uh, in the, uh, Eastern culture, it's the yin and the yang that, that fight against each other. Come to the dark side, Luke, you know. No, that's, that's not the way it is. Satan is a created being. He's not going to overpower God. God wins. Okay. I read the last chapter of the last book. God wins. Now there are times it looks like he's winning, but that's because man gives to him authority that is not his. Man surrenders to him abilities and, and again that, 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 that those processes in their lives that, that is not really his, but man surrenders that way. God reigns and rules. So there will come a time when the one who is called the dragon, the serpent of old, the devil and Satan, sleuth foot, in other words, uh, they, and they bind him for a thousand years and he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him. Let me back up real quick because I went right over. How long did he bind him for? More or less, right? Yeah, more or less a thousand years. It's kind of a season, right? No, for a thousand years. He cast him in the bottomless, but he shut him up. He set a seal on him that he should not deceive the nations anymore till how long? A thousand years were finished. And then after these things, he has to be released for a while. I know that there is part of the Christian community who believe that that when Christ was crucified on the cross, when Christ was crucified on the cross, and he declared, it is finished, that again, Christ being victorious, that at that point in time, Satan was bound. And that Christ reigns and rules victorious even now. I look around in the world today, it doesn't look like he's very bound to me. I do not believe that that's the case. And they're the ones who say, well, everything in the book of Revelation has pretty much already 
taken place. And when you see the fall of Jerusalem and everything in 70 AD, that's what this was all about. It was all symbolic of the Roman rule and uh, again, the fall of Israel and, and all of that. And that's all done. So we don't really need to worry about that. I believe that somebody has really pulled the wool over a lot of people's eyes. Is are these kinds of things difficult to understand and to be able to nail it down for sure? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, there, there are some things that seem so clear and so evident, but as I said, it's not a salvation issue. But the thing that I am concerned on is for those people who believe that Satan is bound right now. Because he's not. He is not. He is still, even in the New Testament, he writes, man, he is lurking around like what? A roaring lion. Looking for who he can devour. That doesn't sound like he was sealed and shut up and uh, put in that bottomless pit and chained up at all. He says, but after these things, he must be released for a little time. And verse 4 says, and I saw thrones and they sat on them and judgment was committed to them. And then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. Now, the time frame on that, and again, we'll look at that as we get into Revelation. There will be that mark. We've we talked about that since the 70s of what that mark looks like. Uh, you know, the the... If you, if you got anything that you bought, you know, in the last, you know, 40 years, it's got the UPC code on it. Now, some of you are old enough to remember when that first came out. And if you were a Christian and you were in a, an evangelical, evangelistic uh, church and you believed in the rapture and everything, that was the beginning of the mark of the beast. Okay? And then all of a sudden, you know, on our, our credit cards, there's that little magnetic strip. That's the mark of the beast. Then there's all other kinds of things. That's the mark of the beast. How do you receive the mark of the beast? Why do you receive the mark of the beast? Anybody? Forehead or forearm. Why would you receive the mark of the beast? To be able to buy or sell. And you have to be willing to worship the beast. Now, unless you say, well, the beast is the economic system, which... I believe the beast controls the economic system. He is not the economic system. So there's a lot of things that I believe there's a lot of confusion about. Number one, I'm not going to get one of those chips in my skin, okay? Uh, even if I get uh, uh, Alzheimer's and get old, don't put, a chip in, don't put a chip in my skin, okay? Just don't do that, okay? Is it the mark of the beast? I don't think so, but I think that there's a lot of preludes that are coming up to it. I mean, the very fact, and, and again, I, I, I love in the 70s, we had those, those movies, you know, Fire on the Mountain, uh, 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 there's, there was a whole host of them, I can't remember them, but I mean, they were able to track you. And who thought back in the 70s that they could track you? If you got a cell phone, they know right where you're at right now, okay? Do you realize even if you turn your cell phone off, they can still track you? You gotta take the battery out of that dude. For that to happen. And it's just weird what they know all about you. Everything about you. Well, I don't want to put any more information. <laughs> they know everything about you anyway. And it just doesn't matter. That's, that's what the end is going to be. Okay, rein it back in. Rein it back in. Okay. Okay. 
They lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years, verse 5. But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him. How long? thousand years. And then when the thousand years has expired, Satan will be released from his prison. The belief of when Christ will reign, and we'll get into the whys when we get into Revelation. But, you know, that's a great question. Why in the world? He's done. Leave him done. Again, this whole idea of when Christ is going to reign on the earth, Again, it's varied this thousand years. Just as the rapture has multiple ideas, pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, post-tribulation, pan-tribulation, there's also four ideas of the millennial reign. There's pre-millennial reign of Christ. Christ is going to come for his church before the millennial thousand-year reign, the, the rapture and the second coming being two separate events. That's what I believe. That's what we believe as a church. That's what we teach. We are pre-millennialists, okay? So if anybody wants to hang a tag on you, you are, if you believe that way, it is pre-millennial. There is post-millennial. That's the idea that Christ is going to come for his church after the thousand-year reign, that the rapture and the second coming are either the same or they're very close in time. And then there's a millennial reign. This viewpoint teaches that there's no real millennial, there's no real thousand years at that time at all. Whatever kingdom there is, it's happening right now. It's heaven's rule over the church and that the conditions in this present age are going to become either increasingly worse or increasingly better until that final second coming of Christ at the end of the church age. The return of the Lord then will immediately be followed by a general resurrection, judgment, and on into the eternal state. Now, some believe today and hear me right on this. Don't, don't confuse what I'm trying to say. But some believe today that it is our responsibility to get the church or get the world into a good enough state that the Lord can come again. It's our job to bring literally heaven on earth. Uh, that's not what my Bible says. My Bible says that in the last days, perilous times are going to come. Uh, that again, man is going to wax worse and worse. It's just going to get worse until the Lord comes. Some believe, again, as I shared earlier, that where we're at is where it is. You know, it was the cross and now we're just kind of hanging in there till going on into eternity. There's not going to be the, the binding of Satan. There's not going to be the thousand-year reign if we just move right into the fullness of the second coming, right into chapters uh, 21 and 22, the final things. So to me, if you take a, and when I say a literal translation, well, let me back up before I get there. I do believe that we need to do what we can to make the world as decent a place as we can. 
I do believe that we need to elect godly representatives and leaders, whether it be from dog catcher to the president, okay? If we can elect somebody, uh, I, th- I think that we need to look for moral, good people. At, if we can, Christian people, they need to do the job I don't want a Christian who has no idea what is in, entails on the job. I understand that. There's got to be wisdom in this, folks. But I believe that we need to look at trying to make the world. I believe that we need to take care of the world. I'm not a tree hugger, but I really hate it when I see trash thrown out and people disrespecting the stewardship that God has given us to care for this world. I believe that we as Christians ought to be leaders in that. Not to the point that we are the tree huggers of the world, but we ought to be the ones that are caring and we're concerned about the things of this world. After all, we're here until he comes. Does anybody know when he's coming for sure? No, no. So we ought to take care of it as best we can. Can we get wacko on that? Yeah, we can. But we can also be what a lot of the world looks at us now saying, we don't really care. I think we ought to care. Okay, so when we look at that, I, I, I believe that when we look at the Bible, we can look at the Bible in such a sense that says, you know what, if I can understand it, if I can make sense out of it in a literal way, even though I might not know how in the world God can do that, but I can make it, I can understand it in a literal way, I need to take it literally. That That makes me, you know, uh, a fundamentalist, that makes me a uh, conservative, that makes me uh, a, a, a literalist, but I don't think it makes me wacky. I don't think so. I just checked with my wife, so I don't think that it makes me wacky. But the world is going to think that you're wacky if you think that way. Well, beloved, if it's in the Word of God, I believe that we can stand firm on the things of the Word of God. And there's a lot I could go into on that, but we won't do it. Real quick, the Great Tribulation. I'm just going to blast off a lot of things for you here. The Great Tribulation. I don't know if this is on the notes or not, but uh, the Great Tribulation is known by a lot of names throughout Scripture. And we see it all throughout Scripture. It's known as the wrath of God. The judgment of God, the indignation of God, the punishment of God, the hour of trial, Jacob's trouble, the hour of trouble, the time of destruction, the day of destruction, and also the 70th week of Daniel. And as we get into Revelation, yeah, we're going to jump back into Daniel. We're going to be jumping back into Ezekiel. We're going to be looking at a lot of different areas and different ways. Real quickly also, the difference between the rapture and the second coming. Um, again, the rapture is Jesus' is coming for his church. The second coming is he comes back with his church. The rapture, again, as I spoke earlier, Jesus comes in the air. We meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. The second coming, he comes to the earth, plants his feet on the earth. At the rapture, only Christians are going to see Jesus. That's why there's going to be a whole lot of confusion during that time. But at the second coming, every eye is going to see him because he's coming 
in judgment at that point in time. The rapture happens in a moment, the twinkling of an eye. The second coming, this is a process. He comes down, judgment is is brought out. Again, the dividing of the sheep and the goats and all of these things. There's a lot of verses that deal with events that take place during the second coming, which is totally different than the events of the rapture. The rapture, the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, okay? The tribulation begins after the rapture. The millennial kingdom, I believe, begins after the second coming. He comes. The judgment is there. Satan is uh, 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 chained and sealed, thrown in the bottom of the pit. There's a millennial reign. After the millennial reign, then the new heavens and the new earth. Second coming, millennial reign, new heavens, new earth. At the rapture, uh, Satan will not be bound. Okay, because there's about seven years there. He's going to be given free reign. It's when the Antichrist rises up. And again, all that's going to be taking place. But at the second coming, Satan will be bound. The rapture presents a message for us as believers of hope and of comfort. But the second coming presents a message to to the world of God's wrath and of God's judgment for the non-believer. At the rapture, Christ himself gathers the saints together. At the second coming, the angels come and they gather the elect. Again, the idea of the blessed hope, the reason we ought to be comforted, the reason we ought to, as believers, look forward to the rapture. It's, it's, you know, some people say, well, it's just escapism. Let me tell you right now up front what, what you need to understand. I believe that we in the United States could go through great Tribulation as believers. Not the great tribulation as believers, but I believe that we could go through great tribulation as believers. Why do I believe that? History shows me that. Believers from the very first century church, even to today, in other parts of our world, are going through great Tribulation. It's not the great tribulation. It's not the wrath of God that's being poured out, but it is great tribulation. As again, people who are being, uh, murdered and, 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 and abused and jailed and imprisoned and all kinds of things because of their faith. We as believers, yes, even in the United States, if our country keeps going the way that it's going, could very well come to that point. Now, would it be a comfort to me to believe that I would be gone before our country got to that? Absolutely. Absolutely. To know that the wrath of God is going to be poured out on the world, and when you start reading in the book of Revelation all these uh, bowls of wrath and the, all that's going to be poured out, do, I, do we look forward to being there? No, no. So it is comfort to know that. So again, this whole idea, I believe that it's going to be a glorious time. I believe at that point in time, the, our, our loved ones in Christ who have passed away, we're going to, there's going to be that great reunion. There's going to be that time together. It is that blessed hope. Paul says in the book of Titus, chapter 2, he says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts We, as believers, should live our lives soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope 
and that glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks for spending your time with us today on The Open Word. If you were encouraged by this time together, learning more about Jesus and want to hear more, we'd invite you to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, where you can get notified of the latest message as soon as it's available, or find archive messages you may have missed. You can even find these teachings online at theopenword.com. There you can learn all about The Open Word and the ministry we're blessed to be a part of. In fact, Pastor David has a special message for you about how you too can be involved in sharing the good news through the open word. There really is something deeply refreshing about being a part of God's kingdom. Not only do I get to learn more about him every time I open the Bible, but he's given me the great privilege of sharing his love with you. This radio ministry and others like it, they're a wonderful and powerful way that God is reaching people across the nation and well, across the world with the gospel. We're blessed to be a part of it. But as with any ministry, there are expenses. Would you prayerfully consider being a part of our financial support here at The Open Word? If you feel led to give, visit theopenword.com and click on the support option. That'll bring you to our secure giving page. Your gift will help us to continue to grow and spread the word of God. Thank you for bringing this matter before the Lord. Thanks, Pastor David. As our time with you draws to a close, know that we continue to pray for you and for more and more people to come to know Jesus through this ministry. Join us next time to continue studying Revelation right here on The Open Word.